Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. And joining me to break it all down, the coach is here. Coach, good to have you. It's great to be here. I really feel like I've turned the corner with my one and dones. And so I'm fired up for another week. Let's go. I, I will say you were not here on Sunday evening. And I believe I described your last two weeks as scorching hot, something, something like that. You've earned a lot of money in the last two weeks and you are out of the basement officially. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. Jacob could stay in the basement by himself. Let's go. Wait until we'll you find out what would I got coming this week. <laughs> <laughs> It's not good when Jacob is, uh, you know, ribbing you from the basement. It's a little bit scared. Mark Immelman. Mark, good to have you back. Uh, yeah. A, no. wait, hold on one second. Is that a Hartford Yard Goats hat that I see? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. It was a gift to me nice. last week. Uh, it was well, what a great place. What a cool event. Uh, travelers do such a wonderful job. And speaking of turning corners, I've turned the one and done corner, but in the wrong direction. <laughs> That's we'll right. Turn this letter around this week. Three oh, by, the way, zero. <laughs> by, by the way, that uh, stadium for the yard go- yard goes the best in minor league baseball, bar none. It's the best. It's the best. Well, it's just a cool town all around. I mean, you you've got so many good restaurants over there. I I, I had no idea that New Haven was the pizza capital of the world. Oh, you did? Did you go to Did you go to Frank Pepe's? Yeah, we did. And 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 I was like, so what's the big deal? So we get there, and I have a bite of this first thing. I'm like, all right, I get it. That's like the, the the things. The case is closed for me now. You can actually get a, a half baked. So a take. You can get a takeout from Frank Pepe's half baked. So they they cook it halfway. Then you take it home. You finish it, and then it's like hot out of the oven right there. And they tell me, Cal, that Frank Pepe's is moving to the Metroplex here sometime early next year. To like Dallas? It, it, mm-hmm, yeah. They're opening up a store over there. It's awesome. I don't I don't even know what it is, but I'm excited. I live in two towns in Connecticut. For 20 years, I lived in Connecticut. Stanford, 30 minutes from New Haven. And then up by Hartford, I live 50 minutes. Still own a house there. 50, and, and everybody would drive the 30 minutes to New Haven to get the pizza. Didn't matter if you lived within 30 or 45 minutes. That's where you would go. That's where you would go. It's so good. So good. Kyle Porter rounds out our group for today. KP, you're getting a Frank Pepe's apparently. <laughs> Can I take Frank Pepe and my one and done? He might be the only guy I have left. <laughs> you can take a bus. <laughs> yeah. you, you can take anybody in the field or you can take a Saturday revenue of Frank Pepe's in New Haven. You might want to take Saturday <laughs> revenue. <laughs> I, I legitimately had a like five minute conversation with myself about taking Sep Straka this week. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. Come in. The water's warm. <laughs> it was cold back when you took him in January. <laughs> yeah. Coach used coach use Sep Straka at, let's see, the American at Express. At my lowest. That's what, at my lowest is when I use Sep Straka. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, absolutely love it. Uh, quick reminder here, gentlemen, CBS Sports HQ is certainly the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with Morning Buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. And come back or leave us on all day at 6 p.m. where we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world. How to watch HQ? It is easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most connected TVs and look for that CBS sports app. Fire it up. Check out HQ because it's the only 24 seven free sports streaming network. Might see some of our faces on there. Sometimes I'll hop on there. Say some stuff. They always put us on the spot. KP, you know, you got, you got to make a pick. We, like I, we handed it to Bubba on Sunday at some point on HQ. Um, that didn't end well. What was the quote? He said he threw up all over himself. Yeah, and he wanted to do it again the next week, <laughs> which I understand what he's saying, and and I actually sort of agree with it. But yeah, we we uh, yeah, getting put on the spot is is tough. Like when when you get a you get thrown a question about somebody who you haven't seen or seen like you haven't watched or seen any looked at any of their stats for the week, you just start saying a bunch of words related to golf that may or may not have to do with that person. <laughs> because I'm like, I got nothing. I, I had to I had to empty the clip on Kramer Hickok at one point, which is like, well, well he's three hundredth in the world. He's a good guy. Seems to have a dog. Hey, <laughs> that, he was that Jordan Spieth's roommate. Remember, Jordan don't Spieth's forget that, Jordan That might be on you though, because he's in the final pairing. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about when when they pull somebody that's like T28, and you're like, I don't know, man. Like I. I've got stuff on the top five. I don't have the guy that's T28. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All right, gentlemen, we got a couple of storylines here. Whew. Let's start with this. Coach Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Big time favorite this week. Uh, seven and a half, eight to one on your money over by our, with our friends at, at William Hill. Obviously, Detroit Golf Club uh, is, a, is the place he hoisted that very circular trophy last year. Remember when he was peeking through it? That was, that was here. Um, you know, Bryson's been kind of an enigma recently. He can play these 18 or 36 hole stretches like the best player in the world. And then he kind of does a lot of head scratching and knee slapping and all that stuff. And it's kind of hard to figure out where he's at and if he's in his actual groove at the moment. Well, I believe somebody may have said on this show a week ago, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I'm a little foggy, uh, that Bryson would have scar tissue coming off of what happened at the U.S. Open. Now, I don't know what you guys consider scar tissue, but he had some scar tissue last week, and a bad week for him at the Travelers is a top 20 or 25, and that's exactly where he ended up. Now, I love the fact that he's coming back to defend this year. He shot a 65 to close things out a year ago and beat Matthew Wolf by three shots. I still believe that there is some scar tissue left, but the reason I think he can flip the switch here is because it plays right into his hands. Just hit it as far as you want. There's no rough, and then hopefully his wedges from 100 yards, which have been atrocious the last couple of weeks, hopefully he can turn those on. If he does, this could be a runaway. We normally never, guys, ever recommend betting on a single-digit favorite in golf, but this is the one week and I said it maybe a year ago, too, that it would, wouldn't be the worst bet to bet on Bryson in this particular field at this particular tournament. I'm glad you mentioned the... You go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up the those little wedges that he has in at Detroit golf, Detroit golf club, because KP, I believe you actually were the sleuth on this one last year. He literally broke shot link. And if I remember correctly, remind me here, he was hitting his drives so close to the green that instead of his second shot being treated as an approach shot, it was being treated as an around the green Shot? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, that's right. And and it and so it made his it made his proximity to the hole look just horrendous because it was reading his drive as his approach right. shot, and he was you know 115 feet away. Well, that was his first shot, you know, and it it's it's so yeah. I mean that that kind of sums up the last year of Bryson. 
He actually, um, it, it, they did not fix this or they did not retroactively fix it, I don't believe, because I'm still seeing he lost a half a stroke on approach last year, which is not necessarily true. It's just because his approach, his drives were being uh, treated as approach shots. Yeah, I think it was on like three or four of his holes. Yeah. Like it was like the third, fourth, and 12th or whatever. Uh, that he, he probably, I mean, he hit his approach, his second shot to probably an average. I mean, what do you hit it from 115 feet? He was probably within 10, 15, 20 feet. And so, but those didn't get added in to, to his approach shot. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, I think what coach said is instructive because this, it has, he hasn't been that great since the players. He has one top 10. He, he had a T9 at Wells Fargo, which he had to, we had to fly back across the country for. And this feels like he, he, he's so good off the tee that unless he's hitting it out of bounds, like he did at Memorial or in the water repeatedly, his floor is just so high. Like the floor is really, really high and it's difficult for him. Is he going to miss cuts for sure? But like, it's 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 almost hard for him to because he's hit because of the strategy that he's employed. But to win, you gotta you gotta like you gotta score, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't do you a ton of good if you're like if if we're only talking about like the binary product of wins and losses, it doesn't really matter how far you hit it if you can't score from there. So I think this week's gonna be interesting. It's kind of the one year anniversary of like, oh wow, this actually is like really this really works, you know, and, and maybe that was validated later on at Wingfoot by winning the U S open, but this was the first time at Detroit golf club where it was like, Oh, this is, this is actually going to be crazy. If if it, you know, if, if he maintains this length off the tee, the small eye test that I saw with Bryson last week, Mark, it was a lot of what Kyle had mentioned. The, the, the drive that he hit on nine, I think it was on Saturday was so close to the green that Patrick Reed literally backed off the putt that he was hitting because it spooked him and he couldn't get up and down for birdie. Is there, is there a level of Bryson that has to go through this evolution of you're the longest hitter on the PGA tour. You're leaving yourself with a lot of these half wedges that you sometimes might be hard to get enough spin on. And he's got to now f- figure out that part to really unlock. I, I mean, he wins a lot, but if he could figure that out, he would win uh, in, in, in bundles. Uh, yes. And no, yes. Yes. What you need to bear in mind. First off, as, as we're looking toward this week, all the reports we've gotten is that the golf course is absolutely saturated. They've had rain there for days on end. In fact, one of the holes was closed for a little while, I've been told. Now, you can't quote me on that because I have not been – I get to site tomorrow and I'll I'll have a better idea. Um, So you've got a place that is essentially a dartboard, and the rough, they won't be able to cut because it's so wet out there. You don't want tire tracks everywhere. So it's the kind of situation where at this golf course, for argument six, the Donald Ross design – it's all about deception. It's all about perched up greens. It's all about corners with raised bunkers that sort of force your eye line in another, in another direction. Well, Bryson would do is just hit it straight over the top of that stuff. And from there, he could sort of take advantage of these Donald Ross greens, which if you're coming from a long range away, or if you're coming out of the rough, they're hard to hold balls. But this week, it sounds like it's going to be target practice for everybody. So you have to hand the advantage to him because if the rough is thick, like I'm expecting, mm-hmm. it's going to be another wing foot place where him, him coming in there from with a wedge as an advantage over someone who's missed it and coming in there with seven iron for argument six. Uh, the place is going to play long because the ball won't be rolling out. That lends itself, it lends the advantage to him as well. But to your question, to me, Rick, it's so situational because uh, sometimes the hole could be cut back on a plateau somewhere. And he's coming in with a wedge and he just undercooks one or you draw a bad line, the fairway and the thing spins too much or it doesn't spin. It comes back down the slope and he's putting from 40 feet instead of 15 feet. And so a lot of the stuff, you've got to be very, very careful before we draw assumptions and go, well, his wedge game's not good. Because I'll tell you this, the last little bit I've watched him play, he's at some wedge shots that have been impressive to me. But it's all situational. Yeah, can he improve the wedge game? Certainly. He admitted as much. But right now, I think the way the game's playing, the U.S. Open was a little bit of an aberration to me. I think we talked about it. 
he was leading the thing. He had that yeah. huge percentage to win. Then you make a couple soft bogeys, which is likely. And then by 17 or whenever it was, the adrenaline had worn off. He was out of it. He was just not going through the motions, but the thing's done and he's playing to win. He's not playing for fourth or third or whatever the case might be. So I'm prepared to just put that to bed and say whatever he shot on the back nine was it, that sort of stuff happens. Last week, it was the kind of golf course where if you were getting the ball in the right sides of the holes, you could really take advantage. But if you weren't, you're really going to struggle. I mean, you, you were having some situations there with some hole locations that always seem to be cut just on little plateaus and such. Where if you uh, just miss strike one, you're not going to have the best of looks for birdie. And I found he was over reading putts a lot because we had him in coverage on Thursday and Friday. So it's like he was expecting greens to be faster and have, you know, the ball more time to turn. But the thing wasn't doing that. So he was hanging putts high. So I, I don't, you know, I watched him sort of look flummoxed at times. So I don't think it's the putter. I think the wedge game is functional. The driver is his thing. My only concern with him is that the miss that I've seen over a couple of weeks is wide right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at a US Open, it might catch you out. At a place like this where it's tree-lined and such, if he does that a little bit, then you could be pitching out. Now, he could be pitching out where he can get to the green from 50 yards, but you're still pitching out and you can't play offense. So I expect him maybe to – well, he'll, he'll adopt the same strategy. He's doubled down on it. But he's just going to have to put the driver not necessarily in play – just keep the thing in front of him a little bit more. Yeah, I'll be very laser focused on Bryson this week. I think it continues to be one of the most interesting stories in golf. Coach, I was looking at the restart last year and his his odds as they progressed with his results. So here, here's the quick snippet. Uh, Charles Schwab Challenge, that was the first event back. 25 to 1, he finished third. RBC Heritage, not necessarily great, necessarily a great fit for him. He was 16 to 1. He finished eighth. Then Vegas started to believe. Travelers, he was nine to one, finished sixth. He got here, Rocket Mortgage, six to one, and he won it. <laughs> it's a it's a sports book's dream. I mean, it, every sports book will tell you we want the favorite to win. They just do because they 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 spend the least. People don't bet on them. And then all these other big bets that people make are going by the wayside. This is one dude, and there might be only three or four, that if he shows up and has his game at the right course, like this one, that he can just mow through everybody else, and it doesn't even matter what they do. It really, really doesn't. And I think that's why last year he was able to come here as the favorite and convert, and I could definitely see a scenario where he does that again. Hmm. Quick, quickly, Rick, it's, it's not to profess that I know it all because I don't. And and week in and week out, I'm learning from folks way brighter than me. And I hear the opinions of some Hall of Fame folks. But I didn't play Bryson at the U.S. Open because I was convinced about Bryson this week. And you guys know how much one and done needs for me, uh, means to me. <laughs> and do. so I've. I didn't save him. You know, there were up times Arnold Palmer, I could have slotted him in. I didn't because I'm a numbskull. And there's been once or twice that I've missed the beat. So hopefully he does what I'm expecting him to do around a golf course where he can just bludgeon away. We yep. saw it last year. And now with a wet, soft golf course, geez, I mean, that, that's mandate to do that even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was feeling pretty good about my Bryson one and done at the US Open through 64 holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that you were counting your, counting your 2.25 million in the. Uh, I mean, even the eight, like the worst he could have done at that point was finishing like fourth, and he finished like 24th. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, K KP, I'll keep it here with you because uh, it's Ryder Cup time. We kind of got oh, into this gosh. a little bit. I know. We kind of got a little bit into this on Sunday, but it, there's so much going on here that we, we, we've we got to bring it back. So I don't know if Producer Jacob can pull this up or not. If if not, I'll read you uh, where we're currently at. And how many weeks are left? Eight, nine, something? Eight. Eight, eight events. Well, yeah, eight weeks. There's probably eight, ten events. Eight weeks left on the U.S. side. Six automatic qualifiers and then the six captain's picks. Here are the top six at the moment. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley. Thank you, Jacob. Those are your top six. So if it ended right now, those guys would be it. 
then things start to get really hairy, KP, when you have to figure out the other six on this team and your pool of golfers to choose from include Patrick Reed, Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, Daniel Berger. That's the next six. Webb Simpson. I mean, you could argue Scotty Scheffler, Jason Kokrak, Billy Horschel, Phil Mickelson's a major champion. There are going to be snubs. There's going to be snubs. There's going to have to be. Yeah, there are. And I threw this out on Twitter on uh, mon- uh, Monday, and it turns out that people have a ton of Ryder Cup takes. And <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> none of it is gray. There's no gray. It's all like, well, this, sh- this should definitely be the team. And you're like, eh, maybe. I don't know. Like, it, it, and, and I, I think the, the main thing, and, and this is where – People were 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 saying stuff about like I threw Phil out there on Sunday on Twitter, uh, all these different things, not because I think he should be on the team. I don't really think he should, um, and I don't. I certainly don't think he's a lock. But because Davis Love the third after the PGA was kind of hyping it up, and I, I don't I don't know how that's gonna play out. But Phil's got one top twenty in his last twenty one starts worldwide which is not good. And I, I can't imagine. And, and I, I think eventually like he will end up not on the team, but that was, that was not hyped by me. That was hyped by the people that are making the decisions about who goes on the team. So I think, again, I think Phil is kind of the epicenter of all of this. He, he's the kind of the fulcrum, like where everything spins around him and, and what the decision is uh, to like, whether or not to put him on this team. The is there a precedent for like your major ch- champion not making the team? So Eamon Lynch brought this up on Twitter. He said uh, John Daly won a major. What was it? Ninety. Help me out, Mark. Ninety-one and ninety-five. Is that right? No, ninety-one. I know. Yeah, ninety-one was Crooked Stick, and um, ninety-five was the Open, open St. Yeah, Andrews. Was- so he won majors in each of those years and i think those were Ryder cup years 91 was was war on the shore 95 was i don't i don't know what 95 was but he didn't make either team so there is precedent uh for that happening rick and it and, and feels like an outlier major winner anyway right like if you look at all his other results i think these outlier major winners they just create they create a lot of problems, especially when you're a six-time major winner and you've been on every Ryder Cup team for the last seemingly 50 years. And and, and so I, I don't know. I think I don't think Phil will eventually be on the team, which I think frees up some stuff and and allows you to pick the people that probably should be on the team at, at the end of of all of this. But I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Phil Phil could still play his way on. I mean, there's still eight weeks left. I think I'd love to jump in here because I, I, I foresee a real problem that we're going to have at the Ryder Cup. And it, it, it's based off of Steve Stricker. And what I mean by that is this, is that everybody goes to him. He loves everybody. All the players love him. When they need putting advice, who do they go to? Steve Stricker or Brad Faxon? We know that. And the hardest thing to do when you're in a sport that everybody knows each other and everybody's around all the time and everybody loves each other is to make the really, really hard decisions. The U.S. team has been atrocious for a while now. There needs to be significant changes made to the team. There needs to be players like a Harris English on the team. There needs to be new two, new names that don't have the scar tissue that can come in and play well against the European team that is a well-oiled machine. And you've got captains that when there's a hard decision to be made, they can make it. I need to see some new names. I need to know that Steve Stricker is going to put all these friendships aside and say, boys, it's my job to get the United States back where it needs to be, and that's not doing it if we put the same names that have been on Ryder Cups before just because they're big names. It needs to change, and I don't think it's going to. I think the Phil Mickelson stuff will probably work itself out. He's 17th He's seventeenth in, in eight weeks. He's probably going to play, I don't know, four more times. If he doesn't play well, he'll be down he'll, 20th. He'll be and, 21st, yeah. And it won't and, matter. Yeah, it, it won't matter. If he plays matter. well, he'll be up in like 12, 10 or 11. The problem is if he finishes 14th, then you have an issue. Um, you know, Mark, I think the U.S. team, and I'd love your opinion on this, doesn't necessarily consider – the locker room maybe as much as the <laughs> european side does right and maybe it's just best man available or there's kind of this um 
I don't know if it's a meritocracy. It's just this, you know, like Phil Mickelson gets on the team because he's been on the team for so long and there's, he's being rewarded for that. I I, I think at some point that probably has to change. I just think the Europeans treat this differently. Well, if I can quickly tie a bow on Phil, he'll be at the Ryder Cup, but not playing. He will be an, he'll, he'll be a, a vice captain. There's, you, you just can't stretch part. And, and let me tell you, so I, I, I got to watch Harris English. I've known him for a while, but I got to watch this guy last week play under some pressure. And he was ice cold. I mean, the guy had it all, and his demeanor never changed. He's ready. He's not a young man anymore. That guy's a veteran. Uh, Patrick Cantley, he's a must. Patrick Reed, if you leave him out, you that, that's just asinine. So there's all these guys that are essentially booking their places that you can't turn your eyes away. Um, and and Phil, Phil had a wonder. I mean, it was an epic win in South Carolina. I will never forget that for as long as I live. And I can't count myself fortunate to have seen the thing with my own two eyes. But he won't be playing the Ryder Cup. God love him. But, what, but but like, what if he finishes fourth at the Open and he moves up to tenth in the Ryder Cup? Well, then you've got a situation over there. But but I just don't see it happening. I think these other youngsters too, like you saw Sergio Garcia make a decision not to go to the Olympics to start to try and play their way up the rankings. Some and we've got some big events over the next little stretch here with an Open with a World Golf Championships event where you can start to climb up those world rankings a little bit. So that's that. Uh, as far as the locker room thing, it's just the difference between the European tour and the PGA tour. On the PGA tour, the only time they spend time together is if someone's bumming a NetJets ride off somebody else. <laughs> uh, and and the, rest, the, the, the rest of the time in Europe, guys are traveling together. Heck, there's, I would say, little, and I use that term loosely, there's not that much money. So players room together in hotels. And so the bond is forged outside the locker room, and then it just transfers to the locker room. You're on the PGA Tour. you got guys that are multimillionaires. They, they travel with their fleet of people around them, waiting on them hand and foot. And so they are, they, they're islands. They, they're their own little business. They're the chairman of who they are. So you put together 12 chairmen in a room, yeah, good luck getting them to see eye and eye, eye to eye. And so Europe, the guys are hanging out, they're rooming together, they're going to bars together. That's just how they live over there. And so that sort of locker room stuff, I feel like, is an, uh, uh, an ex- uh, 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 continuation of, of just what's happening off the golf course. Now, the U.S., that's always their challenge. And Captain Stricker is, will be good at galvanizing folks, but I'm sure he'll bring in Tiger. Tiger will be there to talk to the guys. He did a wonderful job at the President's Cup. Phil will be the same guy because now they're like, well, it's time to make this task force thing work now because it hasn't thus far. So uh, it's 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 going to be fascinating to see. I'm excited for it because I'm getting to go, which is cool. Um, so it's it's going to be they, they, even though they are going to be well, they're going to outmatch the Euros in the biggest way rankings wise. I still think that of course, like whistling straights, this thing could be pretty close. I the locker room thing is interesting, Rick, because. You, like if you want a good locker room, you take Finau and Webb, right? And then you leave off. The, the, I would not leave these guys off, but I'm saying for a good locker room, you leave off Brooks and Reed. But like on Sunday, do, do you want who, who do you want rolling out first in in the singles matches? Yeah, I those want Reed. Two, those two. You want you want Brooks and and Reed, and so you you have this. And I think this is what's so great about the Europe. I might root for Europe this year. I always say that, and I never do. But the great thing about the European side is Rory and Rom, and like the dudes that everybody else looks up to. They are they're the Web and Finau of their team, also. So it it just it just meshes so well because the best guys are also like the best locker room guys. And you don't. I, I've said this a million times. You don't hear. Rory talking about like, well, you know, the ball that my partner was using spins too much. Like he, it, like t- tough crap. Like well, it, he, this he, is, he doesn't have to use his partner's golf ball. So that's a bad example. So, I mean, if you're playing with Rory, you use what Rory says you're going to. <laughs> well, but, but, the, but, but how many times has Tiger talked about that or Phil talked about that? Yeah, it's you're, like, yeah. you're freaking like Tiger. Like, why am I hearing this? Like, just go 
just go win, you know? And, and I think that, I don't know, I, I, it's certainly a cultural, it's a culture thing that has been built up over years and years and years. And it's, it's Europe's advantage. They, they have one guy in the top nine in the world. They should not be winning Ryder cups. And yet they do because of that advantage. And I think it's great. Like, I think that makes for a really fascinating backdrop uh, on which to, to kind of paint all this stuff. Uh, Jacob, could you flip to uh, real quick, real quick? Can I get, uh, so Mark said, Reed has to be there. Cantley has to be there. English has to be there. Right. Is that right, Mark? Spieth is a must. Yeah. Spieth has to be there. So that leaves, that leaves for the last two spots that leaves Finau, Webb and Berger and Scheffler, I guess, if you want to, I think he's the 14th. Oh, goodness. I, I, I'll put Berger in there because he's dynamite and he putts well. Yep. Um, Finau, I, he's just the, the, the Ryder cup and 18 hole match is a putting contest. I don't, you you are not going to out hit the competition. You you just yeah. won't. Alternate shot. I mean, you might you might hit a driver twice if uh, and you you lead the tour in strokes gain off the tee. So you've got to be so smart with how you select these folks. But Tony Finau is, is good enough. Um, I'm so I'm I'm interested in Billy Horschel. That guy's got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he he's he's the kind of guy that will he will he will slit his wrist to win a point for the United States. And that's the sort of individual you need. On the team, like a poulter for Europe. Those, those are the changes, Mark, that I'm talking about. You got to have guys that are killers. And what Kyle's talking about is is basically B players. You've got B players with two A players at the top. That's why they know. It's like a, it's almost like a triangle that everybody knows their role and they're okay with it. To to the point when you've got 12 A players, then they all want to be the A guy, and that just doesn't work. And that's the that's as easy a way to describe the two teams as, as there is. You got two A players and everybody else. And you got twelve A players on the other side, or ten, whatever. I just, it is, many. I just want to make a quick point too. Um, you know, all of this stuff is all conjecture, because the truth of it is that even the greatest players in the world have off weeks, and and you want to, as far as possible, bring the people that are playing the best to the event at the time. Sure. And mm-hmm. that's something that's never really discussed. People look at the rankings and they're like, "Oh, this guy's world ranking number one." But man, Dustin Johnson. It's not the most convincing dude in the world on the greens right now, you know, he's <laughs> or, or anywhere. Yeah, he's, he's still a force to play against. And he might be sort of, if, if I'm some young European dude and I roll onto the tee with an out of form, Dustin Johnson, uh, that's going to be eye popping for me. But you know, if you're putting under pressure or if you have to having to hit a shots under pressure and you're not that sure where it's going, I don't care what your ranking is. Sorry. It's not, it's not played on paper. This, th- this thing that's a cliche but it's the truth last point on the u.s side Finau went two and one in paris and so did webb they were both awesome and they both and Finau destroyed tommy fleetwood on sunday in paris that is not super meaningful three years later i understand but it did happen and yeah i'm just i i think stricker's got some real like difficult decisions to make at the very end of this list webb is highly parable webb can play with anybody that, that, and that's he's him. and he he makes so many birdies he's he's a, he's a night him and Cantlay are a nightmare to play against real quick jacob hop on over to the europe team because they do this a little bit differently but it would essentially be rom fleetwood hatton rory and then probably i mean they've got captain's picks you got to assume Casey Fitzpatrick Hovland starts to round out this team coach, right? I mean, um, Fitzpatrick is, you kind of leave him off. You can't now I'll, I'll be, I'll be very quick because I know a lot of people in the comment section want our picks and they live off these picks. Uh, but you're saying exactly what you talked about. <laughs> they are, they're like, wait, when are you going to give me your picks? So I, I get that. This is about the rocket mortgage. We'll get to that. Uh, but when you look at this, it's a very easy argument on why they play well. And all these guys are playing well, but they're not A personalities. And that's what we're talking about, type A personalities. And these are all B personalities. They're okay taking a step back one week a year. Somebody needs to teach the Americans that. Our friends over at William Hill have the Europeans plus 163, United States minus 162. And I bet the Europeans right now. I would bet the Europeans right now. Or you could bet a tie. At twelve to one, which would I mean, be- the U- the U.S. is going to have nine of the top ten guys in the world when it goes to whistling straights. Yep, and they and, and, and home field and home field. Let's not discount home field advantages. And they and they and listen, like I'm 
very pro Europe when it comes to this stuff, but the US destroyed Europe at Hazeltine. Like it was not, it was not close. And it it always feels close because you're like, oh, well, if these, but it was not close at the end. And Europe just, I mean, Victor Perez, Matthew Fitzpatrick, they're 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 fine. They're fine players. But we're talking about, you know, guys down at the end of the US's list that are that are top 15 guys in the world. You know, so I do I will say I hope Shane Lowry makes the team because he would have been on it, no doubt, yeah. last year. And he's kind of fallen off a little bit. I hope he plays great at the open and, and gets on the team because I think that would be really meaningful. All right, gentlemen, here's what we've got left. Our betting cards, our one and done picks. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're back. All right, betting cards. This is where we take $100. We go to William Hill. We choose our bets. And let's see who I want to start with here. Let's see who do I have up here. Mark, we'll start Dude. with you. Oh, Mark. All right. Classic, classic Mark card. He's got five wagers, all of them $20 a piece. Let me take you through this card here a little bit, Mark. Let's start with your two three balls. Doc Redman over Cameron Tringale and Keegan Bradley. You're getting two to one on your money there. And then the favorite, Bryson DeChambeau over Hideki Matsuyama and Joaquin Neiman at plus 110. Mm hmm. Uh, watched a Redmond play a little last week, a golf course with similar grasses, um, bent grass greens, bent grass fairways and stuff like that. And and he's impressive. I, I, I'll i be honest, I had not watched him play in person before. I'd seen him from afar, but watching him play, he is an impressive golfer. And, and you know, Cameron, he shows up once in a while. He's got way more power off the tee. Keegan's also a little inconsistent, especially on the greens. And these are Donald Ross places where there's nuance to these greens. So, I think Red, Red, Redmond's almost a, a given over there for me. And then DeChambeau, I have a feeling this dude's going to do something special next week. So you can put him up against anyone, in my opinion. Your next two wagers I want to go over. Joaquin Neiman to finish inside the top 20. You're getting plus 110 on that. And Garrick Higo over Emiliano Grillo at even money. Yeah, I was a little surprised really at Garrick last week. I expected him to play better. Um, but first time in a feature group, who knows? But but it it was also the way the draw stacked up. It looked like the uh, the the off the early late guys seemed to have an advantage um, for some reason. I don't know why it was. And so I I think he'll bounce back. He's that sort of a guy that doesn't play badly two weeks in a row. And um, I, I typically I'll always take folks that are plus numbers. And so I'm 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 all for Higo over Greenland there right right there. And then um. 
uh, what was the other one? Neem in the top 20. Um, he's, he's just playing so well. He's so consistent. And, and again, the top, Top twenty number over there for me, I think, is highly doable for a guy that's full of form and and, and always very confident, and he's he's a really aggressive sort on the golf course. If I, I'm doing... Can I ask you two quick questions to Mark? Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the word correlation all the time in betting. Do you not have an issue rooting for Bryson and rooting for Neiman to lose a bet, but also rooting for him to be in the top twenty, or do you have an issue with Higo playing now four weeks in a row after traveling over from? Uh, Europe to play in these last four and cross cross the country a couple of times as well. If Garrick was that tired, he wouldn't have been practicing on Sunday morning after he'd missed the cut. And he was practicing on Sunday morning after he missed the cut. It was an extensive session there on the range, all short game, incidentally. Uh, didn't, I couldn't stay long enough to watch if he was hitting. So that smacks of a young man who's got the fatigue. There's no real fatigue level. And he's, and he's playing well. I mean, you yep. ever win just recently he's, he's on top of the world mentally so yeah i'd go with that okay if i'm doing my mental math correctly the uh the wave distribution from last week i think had a two shot edge if i'm doing my math yeah, correctly on that one, yeah. it was crazy when i saw I, I had the sense for it when i was on the broadcast and then when i looked at the numbers afterwards i was like this doesn't doesn't make much sense whatsoever um, it was it was just odd. I think it had a bit to do with some of the humidity because it was kind of cool and dry on the first couple uh, on Thursday. Then the humidity came in and it kept the golf course sort of moisture levels a little different. And finally, your best bet back to the vomit boy, Bubba Watson over Cameron Tringali. You're getting plus money, <laughs> plus 115 uh, to win that matchup. He's so good. Uh, what happened over the final, <laughs> the, the, the final few holes last Sunday surprised me. It really did. And um, he's, he's he's surprisingly confident, the Bubba that I've seen over the last little bits. And and there's a little something cooking over there. So, yeah, give me Bubba. I, I'm, I'm a believer there. All right. Mark's best bet, Bubba Watson over Cameron Tringale, plus 115. We're going to go to my betting card. And, Coach, I'll bring you in on this because we've kind of chatted about uh, my picks already this week. I also endorsed a bit of Garrick Higo. I have him in a top 20 at plus 450. And I went with the man who just earned his battlefield promotion, Mito Pereira, to finish inside the top 20 at plus 300. The way that I think about this is you've got a guy, Coach, who's got his last two starts or victories. Five of his last six are top tens. You've got a weak field. He's playing well. He's feeling it. He's confident. Let's see how far he can go. <laughs> There's two two that I don't like here. I like Pereira actually pick. I like that a lot uh, because I don't care what tour you're playing on. When you win and you feel that winning emotion, you can't substitute for that. Uh, so I like that one. Uh, the two I don't like, I'm just not big on Gary Kigo this week. Uh, he's going to a course that, and, and all these courses are going to be new to him because he's brand new on the PGA Tour. But he's going to a course he's never played before. There's a lot of players who did play last year. uh, And you have to go super, super, super low. So it helps to really know the golf course. The one I really don't like and the one that you and I have a bet on is I like Bryson over Patrick Reed. I just don't think Reed's playing very well right now. And I think Bryson is going to be ticked off and ready to just bowl people over this week. I love DeChambeau over Reed. And on the other side, the number is only like minus 130 or minus 120. On yeah. Bryce. That's why minus, I like this. Minus 135, I think I saw. Yeah, Coach and I have a real a real money wager on Patrick Reed over Bryson DeChambeau this week, so we'll see <laughs> how that one turns out. And then my best bet, uh, as much as I love Keegan Bradley, I'm taking Gary Woodland at even money over Keegan Bradley. I think that uh, Gary is starting to show signs of the 2019 version of himself. And if that's the case, he is going to be making plenty of noise. All right, coach. Well, uh, we talked about my card and yeah. what you didn't like about it. Let's pull up your card. Let's see what we can find here. Uh, all right. I'm going to take these a few at a time. I've got okay. a couple of matchups. Let's do Doc Redman over Ricky Fowler, Will Zalatoris over Joaquin Neiman, and Emiliano Grillo over, of course, Garrett Kago, who you told us that you're not feeling this week. Yeah, all these uh, correlate with each other. They all uh, make sense with each other. Uh, so I'm either going to have a great week or a crappy week. Uh, Doc Redknapp um, is somebody who... Uh, <laughs> he's new on the PGA Tour. Uh, Doc Redman uh, over, <laughs> over Ricky Fowler. Uh, I, I just think, you know, I'm going to fade Ricky until uh, I can't fade him, fade him anymore. And he has to prove to me. And Doc Redman played well here last year. So this was an easy pick for me. Zalatoris, I think is motivated to win. We all know his story. 
He's got to win to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. I think he's also one of those few golfers that is comfortable going low multiple days in a row. I love him. I'm just not high on Neiman right now. I don't think he played well last week. He did not. He made the cut, but he didn't do anything. Uh, I just don't think he's playing very well. So I like Will Zaltorz over Neiman. And then uh, I'm going to fade Higo. So uh, either me or Mark are going to have great weeks this week. There are so many bets that I want to lay wine on over there, but I'm going to bite my tongue right now. <laughs> you know, I'm always here for it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the address of the store to get there. <laughs> <laughs> the... Oh man, boy, what was I going to say here? Oh, a, a win for Zalatoris could arguably arguably be worth like $7 million because yeah. he'd, get, he'd get the 1.3 or whatever for winning Rocket Mortgage and then getting into the playoffs could be worth a ton. I mean, it could be worth 15 yeah. more. He, he's going to be, if he wins, he's going to be a top 10 player immediately because right now he, he would already be a top 15. So you, right had, you had a win how about that, KP? You throw him into the Ryder Cup discussion. But you could have Zalatoris. He would move into the top 10, and then instantly his name would pop up on the board. Right now, people are scrambling, going, where is he? Well, he's not anywhere because he's not eligible. But he would be with a win, and that'd be cool. He has 1,100 points. That would put him, yeah, he'd be like 28th if he won. He'd move up to, oh, man, he's missing out on so much money. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah. The the rest of your cards. So uh, you, yeah, you correlated these pretty strongly. So you have Doc Redmond over Ricky Fowler. You also took Doc Redmond plus two hundred over Keegan Bradley and Cameron Tringale. And then you took uh, two different Mav McNeely wagers. One is the top ten plus four fifty, and the other one is to win Group D at similar odds. So it's plus four twenty. And Group D includes. I mean, these are very strongly correlated because you're fading Garrick Higo here, Max Homa, Siwoo Kim. Keegan Bradley. So this is a connected card, Coach. Yeah, people, can't, you can't sleep on Maverick Manili. He's a top 60 player in the FedEx Cup rankings currently. And when he finishes, he finishes high. And he played well at this event a year ago. So I love him this week. Plus, I just wanted to find a name that was not a well-known name to pick. Because this feels like a week, guys, that it's going to be an off-brand guy. And to me, I want to pick a dude who has a girlfriend who's better than him in golf for this week, and that is certainly Maverick McNeely, who dates Daniel Kang. So I'm here for him this week. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and your best your best bet, Coach, Kevin Kisner, plus 105 over friend of the pod, Jason Day. So easy. All Jason Day has to do is start for me, and I lock this bet up. His And I know what the announcers were saying on, on the broadcast. It looks worse than it is. Well, it looked bad as far as his back is concerned the final two days, Saturday and Sunday. So it may not be as bad, and it may be a protection thing. But right now, Kisner, he finished third here a year ago. Third. So I'm going to take a guy who finished third, who plays as well, over a guy that I don't even think can finish two or three days right now. So this is my best bet. Easy pick. All right. Thank you very much, Coach. Uh, before we move on, Mark, I'm going to get you out of here. Uh Thank you very much for joining us. We will cover your one and done. You can follow Mark at Mark underscore Immelman. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, but before I go, I've been thinking about this. Coach, look at me. <laughs> oh, God. I will take Higo over your Emiliano Grillo for a bottle of wine or whatever beer you want. You up? Wine for you. And I'm going to go Arnold Palmer Spike for your boy. <laughs> Are you being paid to say that? No, no, no. I think we good. all are. <laughs> <laughs> the deal. There right, you have it. Deal. Lock it up. I Mark, it. I Mark, it. Mark has Garrick Higo and a bottle of wine. If he wins, coach with Arnold Palmer, Spike, the perfect combination of lemonade and iced tea. If Emiliano Grillo gets the job done, Mark, thank you very much. We'll catch you soon. Uh, see you guys later. You see that flag, coach? Have a look. I, I, thought, your, on I, mean, I, your name. <laughs> I thought he was too. See you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Mark, uh, Mark. All right, uh, KP, we're going to go to your card here. Oh, this is frisky. Oh, oh my God. Okay. You weren't kidding about Sepp Straka. So you have a Sepp Straka top 20 at plus 275 and Kyle Stanley also top 20 plus 300. Talk to me. Yeah, so Stanley's been hitting the ball well. Uh, he's, you know, he's one of those like handful of guys outside the top <laughs> 20 in the world where like if he puts it at all, he's kind of going to be in contention. Uh, he's been hitting it great. And then Sepp Straka has finished in the top 15 at this event 
each of the two years it's been at Detroit Golf Club. Now, he's not hitting it as well as I would like, but he does have some good finishes here. So that was kind of my thinking on both of those guys. Okay, now you go with uh, Patrick Reed over Bryson DeChambeau, Hideki Matsuyama over Webb Simpson, and Will Zalatoris over Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, so... Reed has been over the last, if you look at the last three months, he's number one in this field from T to green of, of everybody in this field. Bryson's up there too. He's, he's like 12th. Um, but Reed's been hitting the ball really well. And, uh, spoiler, he's actually going to be my pick to win. Um, Hideki, Hideki's been hitting it well too. Webb has not been, uh, he's not been playing that great. He hasn't been playing that much. So, playing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's a little, a little unfair, but I, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, he's played well here, which concerns me a little bit, but this was a kind of a toss up. So I took the plus money with Hideki there. You mentioned Patrick Reed. He is not only going to be your pick to win, but you have him on your card as an outright at 14 to one. You went back to Matthew Wolf over Jason Day and Jason Kokrak. Is this a just a slander against the Jasons or what's the deal here? <laughs> this is this is a hey, let's uh let's see if he remembers what happened last year. I, I don't know what to do with Wolf. Like I I want to bet him every week because I feel like he's at a number that his talent level should not be at. And so you get weeks like the U.S. Open, right, where it's like, oh, yeah. And then you get weeks like the Travelers where it's like, oh, yeah, like this is how he's been playing. So I don't totally know what to do with him. Um, and I, pro- you, I probably should just stay away from him right now. But this, this one just felt compelling, mostly because he played so well here last year. And then your best bet uh, is a very contested one today. You are taking... The side of coach Emiliano yeah. Rilo minus five over Gary Kiko. I should have jumped into that wine bet, but I got I got scared. I I'm glad Mark left because he, so he doesn't have to hear this this <laughs> Gary Kiko slander. I don't I don't I Higo's fine. Like he wins a lot, which is incredibly meaningful. Like that is that that like means something to to win. I don't care if you're on the Sunshine Tour. I don't care if you're on the whatever the Florida Sunshine Tour. I don't I don't care where you are. But he he's not a like his numbers are not that good. Like if you look at what he's done, he's had a really hot month putting, which is great. Like that's how you win. But his win was just. It shouldn't have happened. He it kind of he kind of backed his way into it, and I and I think because of that, and because he's young, I think there's been a little bit of overvaluing of how good he can actually be. His pedigree is not great, and he's not a great ball striker, or he hasn't been so far as a pro. You can improve that. But usually, you kind of you know you're around like who you are from the time you turn pro. So I, I'm not. I'm not super bullish on him. And I think there's been a little bit of a correction to the mean over the last two weeks at the U S open and and travelers uh, with him missing the cut at both of those. Uh, Let me jump in here real quick. Um, I agree with everything you just said about Higo uh, right there. And by the way, he better have sent a case of wine to Chison Hadley for that win. (laughs) He shouldn't, he shouldn't have won at that number, right? The number that he was at. No, he was minus 10, and Chase Hadley had to shoot four over in the final, whatever, eight holes to, to go back. But regardless, I feel like I'm ready to create, if KP is willing, the first ever two-on-one bet here on the first cut. So here's my proposal for you, wow. KP. I'll take Jason Kokrak. You can have Jason Day. You can have Matthew Wolf. And if one of those two beats my guy, you win the bet. Two to one. For a hundred bucks, or no? Or, or oh, he says no. Now I, I don't. I, if I believed in Wolf more, I would definitely do that. Darn it! Darn it! Darn it! I just I, I, now my my heart's not in that one. I will do one with you, but it has to be my my heart has to be in it. I respect you for that because I wouldn't take that bet either. <laughs> your then what you were doing in the last two weeks, KP, is you get a little freaky. You take all your matchups, you put them in a parlay. This one, five legs: Wolf, Grillo, Reed, Hideki, Will Zalatoris. <laughs> five bucks to win two thirty-three. Yeah, this is plus forty-five seventy-nine. Wait, 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 wait a second, KP. You just said I don't believe in Wolf, but you put him in your parlay. Well, I'm just throwing. I'm just lighting five bucks on fire, essentially, <laughs> just because I want to. 
I think I've missed all four of the ones I had in it last week. But I did. I did hit. I hit Nelly. That's right. So I'm. Yes, I'm. I'm still in house money. I'm still playing okay. with house money. Okay. Okay. If you if you picked the opposite of every single one of Kyle's matchups last week, you would have won that parlay. If you parlayed yep. the opposite side. Oh snap! That's oh, actually hard to do too. It's hard to lose all four too. It really yeah. is. It really oh. is. Against yeah. hey, you're. I'm. I'm the well. I'm the only one in plus money right now, so you I don't are, know if you, you guys are, you are be... winning. Kyle is winning this contest, so if you're looking for picks to uh, back, uh, the card is up on YouTube right now because those <laughs> those have been the most profitable ones all we all season long. Excuse me. Uh, okay, quick uh, uh, recap. Forgot what word I wanted to say of our best bets. Myself, I'm going with Gary Woodland over Keegan Bradley. Kyle is going with Emiliano Grillo over. Garrick Higo. Coach is going with Kevin Kiz over Jason Day. Mark went with Bubba Watson over Cameron Tringale. Greg went with Cameron Tringale over Keegan Bradley and Doc Redmond. And Sia said, I'm taking Jason Kokrak to finish inside the top 20, which only leaves us with one last thing to do. It is our one and done picks. And Coach, I'll get to you in a second. I'll get to you in a second, Coach. Coach is on a heater. I'll wait. I'll wait. I, 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 I'm starting this time with producer Jacob, who got zero doll hairs from Keegan Bradley last week and now sits at 4.33 million. Jacob, uh, you got to pass coach. What, what are you doing this week? Sep Straka. No, you're not. <laughs> yep. We're going to go with Sep Straka. Uh, I know Kyle, Kyle might have spilled the beans a little by by saying he was debating on taking the our favorite Austrian uh, Austrian bulldog. But I think we got he's a, an Olympian. He's right. an Olympian. It's an Olympic year. It's a Ryder Cup year. You know, maybe he's playing for that captain's pick. Maybe, maybe oh, he that would be sweet. Uh, you know, following the the footsteps of his fellow bulldog Harris English, who won last week. If you played in the Olympics, Jacob, if you if you were an Olympian, would you get the tattoo, the rings? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing absolutely. to do, right? I if don't you're have an Olympian. tattoos, but mm-hmm. I would get the tattoo with, uh, you know, some sort of decoration of every medal that I've won. Uh, <laughs> what if you? What wow. if you finish dead you're last? giving yourself medals. <laughs> well, that's a big assumption. I'm not going. I'm not going to show up to the Olympics and just phone it in like, uh, like <laughs> the lady, that lady did a, a couple years ago who. She ended up going as uh, some some country. She showed up as a skier and basically just like paid her way to be an Olympian. And she did the the quarter pipe down the slope and just like totally, totally half-assed it. But <laughs> got to call herself an Olympian because she she paid to be a resident of a small country that didn't otherwise have skiing. Look it up if you get a chance. I, really, it sounds like a, this 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 sounds like the Rory Sabatini path. I was going to say, it's exactly yeah, it, what Rory Sabatini did. Very similar. Representing Slovakia. Slovakia is going to be in the opening ceremony. It's going to be a, a country of one. The, the other Rory. Uh, Jacob is literally taking Sepp Straka. It is in the outline. He is at 4.3 million. Coach has already burned Sepp Straka, so don't go there again, Coach. And <laughs> I, I mean... Kudos. Uh, we're giving you the golf clap because not only Thank did you, you get 1.3 million from Louis Oosthuizen two weeks ago, you got 510,000 from Mark Leishman last week, which moves yeah. you to 4.3 million. Let's keep it going this week. All right, uh, real quick, because I know you have the list in front of me. I have one hole, and I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't remember who I picked for the Colonial. For the Colonial, you uh, picked. Uh, stand by. Thank you. Why can't I find it? AT&T on the, on the spot. It was after the PGA championship the week after. Uh, I got it. Zal Torres. You got 16,000. Okay, great, great. All right, cool. Then I'm, then I, then I can make my pick. I'm going to go with a, a name that we've been hearing all over the board this week that I think it, it came down to Maverick McNeely or Jason Kokrak for me. And I really feel like I need to keep going. Kokrak feels like a lock to get six figures. McNeely doesn't. So I'm going to go Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak for the coach. He's at 4.3 million KP. You are bunched in this middle area, 7.7 million. You got a quarter mil from Brian Harmon last week. Terrell Hatton got you 411,000 two weeks before that. You're in an okay stretch of, of results here. What do you got for us this week? 
Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Patrick Reed. I thought about Sepp Straka, but I've got Reed left. I don't. I guess I could use him in the playoffs. I just, I don't know. I've got a feeling about him this week. I, I, I like him here. Um, I think he finished T5 the first year it was played here. And uh, he's been the, been hitting the ball kind of underrated well. So I'll, I'll go with Pat Reed this week. Patrick Reed for Kyle. I'm actually Who else is going to win on the 4th of July? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Captain America. No yeah, doubt about yeah. it. Back to Patrick Reed. Oh, I'm already, just, anyway, continue. I'm just making sure I have somebody for the tour championship. Okay, I think I do. Uh, I'm going to have to check that. Okay, so that moves us to Mark, $7.9 million, so just a quarter of a million dollars ahead of Kyle, and he is taking coach. Oh, that's right, Bryson. He told us that six weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was funny that the man who never gives his pick before Thursday morning says, you guys know how much the one and done means to me. I'm like, we do? We do? That's why he never gives his pick before Thursday morning. Right, right. Because it means a lot to him. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want to play his cards. Uh, I yeah. believe I am next. I am 8.7 million. I am also taking Jason Kokrak, so you won't make up any ground on me, coach. But I was, right. I was looking to see who I have potentially left for the playoffs. 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 Thank you. Oh, I got plenty of guys. I got Louie. I got Billy Horschel. Yeah, I'll be. I'll figure something keep, out. Keep reaching. Keep reaching. That's basically it. I think I've used everybody <laughs> else. So, uh, yeah. I just realized I have in the in the holster, I have Brooks, I have Rory, I have JT, really? and I have uh, Ustazen. See, it's wow. because you... It's because you used Rom three times. It's because you used <laughs> Speed probably a couple. Paul Casey no. twice. Boy, hey, <laughs> you, you could be the odds-on favorite if you win this week. You'll get up to around nine million, and then you have all those guys left for the final eight to ten weeks. I would consider you the favorite if you can do that. Yeah, I need a I need a read a read dub this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you do. Greg is in the lead. Three, no, 220,000 clear of me. Uh, the big boost from John Rahm, 2.25 million at the U.S. Open. Zero from Kevin Streelman last week. And Greg is going with Cameron Tringale. What? Cameron Tringale? Tringale. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Oh my hey, God. can we do something real quick? Can you do a favor for me when you host the shows moving forward? Sure. And it would really mean a lot to me. If we start calling him Network Star, Greg, <laughs> if you could do that, that would mean a lot to me because I turn on CBS, the network, on Sunday. And who's the first kisser I see? Greg. For some reason, he has well, a little energy than he has here on the first cut. I couldn't figure it's it out. Only- Look at this photo I took of him. Look at this smile. He doesn't <laughs> smile like this when he's with us. He does exactly. not smile like that when he's with us. That's what I'm saying. That's what. Well, I'm we're saying. the we're the three clowns. We're the only three clowns that aren't on the network. Yeah. What are we doing, um, uh, Kyle? I have other shows that I do. So <laughs> you might be the. We're only the two. only two clowns. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, Coach. It's me and Rig. While while we're talking about this, Kyle, you might I I, I saved these rankings for you because you know you've taken some heat with rankings before. So they were ranking the major victories, uh, and this is Greg's order. Phil at the PGA. Wait, what, for the season? Like since the restart, the five the five major winners. Okay. Phil Mickelson at the PGA, number one. Bryson, number two at Wingsfoot. I got a problem with that. John Rahm, number three at Torrey. And then both masters in fourth and fifth. Hideki, fourth. DJ, fifth. Your initial take, please. What about Morikawa? Oh, this is that was before the yeah, that was sorry. August. That was August. Or sorry, yeah, it's not since the restart. It's since it's since this season. This season. This season. I, I think I'm. I think I'm okay with it. I I don't. You you could put Hideki anywhere, depending on how you feel about like because mm-hmm. that that's just that's a that's a like what he did. You if you if you value it globally, you could put it at number one, and nobody could argue yeah. with it. But if you yep. don't value it domestically, you can put it at five and nobody could really argue. Like it's just it's very pliable, like what what he did at the Masters. DJ's was kind of it was interesting. Well, it was 
it was intriguing because it was in November, but it was kind of, it wasn't like super, a, a super memorable masters just on its own. Uh, I think it being in November made it memorable. So yeah, I, I, I think that's, I, I, maybe I would put Hideki ahead of, um, which, which U S open win was better Roms or Bryson's. Well, Roms was more exciting, but Bryson's was like, again, that's my whole deal. Like an inflection point in golf history. I think I really do. Like I'll, I'll never not think that. So this, Roms this, was, Roms sorry. was more fun on Sunday. Certainly. Is this I, a good I, list I, coach? I agree, I agree with this list. I mean, Phil's clearly number one. Yeah. Uh, clearly number one. And then everything else kind of, you know, and Bryson changed the game with his, he did something we literally said could not be done. You got to put yeah. that too, right? That's and true. then the rest of it. So, so KP, everything KP said is dead on, dead on. I, I might have moved Hideki up a little bit, but otherwise, I guess it's pretty yeah, fair. Could. Yeah, totally fair. fair. Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. All right, gentlemen. Uh, round by round recaps coming after each conclusion of. We usually come on when the coverage goes off, so that's when we'll probably be on for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. For now. That's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules, Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter, CBS producer. Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.